The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Start! You can call me Bruce. Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Welcome back to this week. We have been doing a series on the Buffalo Bills 2020 season and moving forward out into the future called Where Do We Go From Here? But today we're going to take a quick break from that. We're going to take a quick little detour. A detour into some uncharted waters. And I'm doing it specifically at this time because it's important we to have this discussion before the offseason really starts to kick into gear. Before the acquisitions start happening, before a lot of the restructures and the releases start happening, before the team starts making roster building moves. And I'll tell you why it's important we have this conversation because this is something you will come across on social media, in your group text, with your buddies, if you don't have any buddies, with your frenemies perhaps, with fellow Bills fans, with fans of other teams, you will come across this particular dynamic. The team will do something. You, being a fan, will have a different opinion of the way that that should have been done or should have not been done than the team. And you will be hit with this response. So you think you know more than the team, huh? Or some variant of that. I have seen, so you think you know more than the team. So you think you know more than the GM. So you think you're a scout. So you think you're a coach. So you think you know more than the coaches. All of those things, different variants of that kind of come out, but it all falls under a specific category that I want to talk about today. We're going to do a deep dive, a patented Bruce exclusive deep dive into a topic that I think comes up a lot as we converse about our favorite teams or 
our least favorite teams or teams we don't even have a particularly rooting interest for or against. We still come up with this particular argument. We butt up against it. It's the so you think you can dance argument. But really, what it is is it's the appeal to authority or the appeal from authority. Either way would work. And it's specifically something that has been debated in the logical community for a long time as to whether or not it's a logical fallacy. Some people say it's a logical fallacy. Some people say it's not. I am going to make the argument that it is. And I'm going to tell you specifically when in the argument it becomes fallacious. So the appeal to authority or the argument from authority is the argumentum ab auctoritate in Latin. And what it means is that the opinion of authority on a topic is used as evidence to support the topic. That person is presumed to be an authority on all matters, in this case, football. It can be applied to anything. Therefore, they did it, and that should be used as evidence to support whatever it is that they did. Some people would say that's fallacious. Some people would say it's not. I actually don't think the principle on its base level is fallacious. There are situations where those people know more than we do. In a lot of cases, in most cases, scouts and GMs have forgotten more about football than the vast majority of us will ever know. So assuming that those people know more than you do is completely reasonable. Here's where it crosses the line and becomes a logical fallacy. Conclusiveness. That's what makes it a logical fallacy. Not the fact that they know more than I do, because the high probability is that they do. It's the fact that they do it, therefore the evidence is conclusive. Not they do it, therefore it's a point in the favor of that maneuver. So if I think Cody Ford is a guard, and he gets drafted, and the Bills put him at tackle, that's a point in favor of him being a tackle, because smart people think he's a tackle. Is it conclusive evidence that he's a tackle? Just because he did it, though. That's where we cross the line from that statement being perfectly reasonable to that statement being a logical fallacy right there. It's not that it applies weight to that specific argument. That's not it. It's the fact that you think it makes it conclusive. And if you think it makes it conclusive, then you are implying infallibility. You are implying that the GM or the scout or the coach or whoever it is that made that decision is infallible. And as such, their actions close the door on any competing evidence or logic against the maneuver that they just made. So if I think Cody Ford's a guard, they draft him, they put him at tackle, that's it, he's a tackle, it's done. Someone smart, who knows a lot about football, said he's a tackle. Therefore, he's a tackle, it's done, it's over. He's a tackle. And that's what that retort means. What that retort, so you think you know more than the GM, is attempting to draw a binary where only one of you has an opinion that has weight. The idea that we have permeated into our culture and it has trickled into our football conversations on social media and in person is that the only things that have weight are right 
and the things that are wrong have no weight. I made a discussion last week where I talked about whether or not the Bills should or should not sign Josh Allen to an extension. And I specifically said, I'm 55-45 on this opinion. 55-45. The assumption there is that I acknowledge there are things that have weight for it, and there are things that have weight against it. But what we've done in this society, in this culture, is that we've assumed that just because something gives a plus or a negative to one side of an argument, it ends the argument. It's over. So the fact that a smart person may have thought Cody Ford is a tackle, that's a point in favor of Cody Ford being a tackle. Because I do think that that can be used. That does carry weight. When you have a subject matter expert on a subject and that person has an opinion, that should carry weight. It does carry weight. There are no other circumstances in the entirety of our professional lives where it won't carry weight. Courts of law bring in subject matter experts to testify on things that need to be explained for the jury. They do this specifically because there is weight behind the opinion of a subject matter expert. And every single general manager and coach and scout in the NFL is to some degree a subject matter expert on football. That does not, however, imply infallibility. The reason why professionals are hired and given a paycheck to do that job is not because they're infallible. The reason why they're hired and given a paycheck to do that job is when you hire them, there is an assumption of probability that goes along with it. The assumption of that probability is that this person you hired is going to be correct more often than a normal person. And that is important because being right a few more times can be the difference between a winning team and a losing team. Great example. There were people who thought Mason Rudolph was the best quarterback in his class. There were people who thought Mason Rudolph was the best quarterback in his class who study football and get a paycheck for it. If that person is the GM of your team and they pick Mason Rudolph over Josh Allen... That could cost them their job. That could cost the team millions of dollars in revenue that come along with winning. And now you start all over again because you picked the wrong quarterback. The reason why general managers and coaches and scouts continually get paid is not because they're never wrong. It's because they're right more often, which is the assumption. The assumption is they're going to be right more often. And being right even slightly more often than average is a big deal in football. 16 games in the regular season. That's a very, very, very small sample size. If you are right 20%, 30% more often than the average person, that's a big, big deal. If you get two to three starters out of an NFL draft, most people consider that a wild success. Two to three out of maybe seven picks, sometimes less, sometimes more. 
two to three starters is considered to be really good. That's how small the margins are in the NFL when it comes to decision-making. It's so small. And when the decision-making margins are that small, being right a little bit more often is a big deal. Now, sometimes this phrase, this, so you think you know more than the team, you can't see me, I'm doing a SpongeBob meme. I'm capitalizing random letters in the middle of my sentence. Sometimes it takes a different form for Bill's Mafia in specific. Sometimes it says, trust the process instead. Anytime someone will tweet out something about, ah, you know, I, I didn't like that draft pick or I didn't like that signing for that amount, feel like should have done this, trust the process. That's it. Just trust the process. That's it. We have weaponized the phrase, trust the process, to the point now where we use it to smash someone else over the head when they disagree with a particular move. It's really, really interesting that we do that because what happens is that gives rise to intellectual dishonesty. So there's two options here. You can think something, have the team do something else, and then change your mind based entirely on the actions of the team. So if I spend all this time and I watch Cody Ford and I come to the conclusion that he's a guard and the team drafts him as a tackle, says he's a tackle. So I just, I throw out all the work that I did because the team said he's a tackle. That's option one. Or I don't think anything beforehand. I have no opinions. I opine nothing. That way, when the team makes a maneuver, I just sit and applaud. I just clap. Just a little golf clap in the background. Say, good for you. Whatever you did, just going to rubber stamp it, thinks it's awesome. Because you're not going to have your opinions always line up with what the team does. That's not an option. So we know that's never going to happen. Which means your only two remaining options are think something, and then every time the team does differently, just roll over and just say, okay, well, I I guess, you know, I changed my mind. Which kind of leads to a bunch of intellectual dishonesty. Or you cannot think anything. And then when the team does something, you can just clap and applaud and, and, and maybe you know, throw streamers or something. Those are your only options. That's it. Neither one of those things is appealing to me. And it does really make for boring conversation. Both of them make for boring conversation. So I think we need to get in the habit of recognizing this when we see it. Recognize the weaponization of trust the process. Recognize... The, oh, so you think you know more than the team? Because the fact of the matter is when you see that or when you do that, here's what's actually happening. You're using it because you don't agree with an opinion and you don't have anything else to offer aside from, well, the team did it. You don't have anything to offer on your own. So what you do is you appeal to the authority. That's where that comes from. You're appealing to the authority as your tool to determine once and for all that this is true which would be okay if they were infallible. But if you recognize that they're not infallible, which you should, there is nobody in the world that's not infallible, then you cannot use the team did it as the end-all and be-all logically for why it is correct. You have to bring something else to the table. But the vast majority of the time, if someone hits you with that, they don't have anything else to bring to the table. They have nothing else to offer. And that's what they do. And the inverse 
of you think you know more than the team is the appeal to a lack of authority, which is also an illogical fallacy. The you're not a scout, you're not a GM, you're not a coach. First off, a lot of people were. I coached. A lot of people coached. A lot of people were scouts. A lot of people played. That doesn't mean they have all the information, but they do have some. So the appeal to a lack of authority, that's an ad hominem attack, which is also a logical fallacy. It's an ad hominem attack. You are attacking the person giving the argument because you don't have anything to debunk the argument. Both of those things are not acceptable ways to converse because they don't help anything move forward. It's lazy. Let's not be lazy. Let's stop being lazy and let's recognize laziness when it comes to discourse and discussion about football and other things. Let's get better. Let's evolve as a fan base, as a culture. Let's evolve. Let's move to the next step, which is not accepting logical fallacies as reasonable rebuttals. You think you know more than the team as a rebuttal, as a infallible draw a line in the sand response, as an attempt at dunking, as a closed door argument is completely useless, completely useless. And it's lazy. There is no team in the world who doesn't make mistakes. As such, the fact that they did it cannot be used as evidence, clear, cut, closed, as to why what they did is not a mistake. Can't do it. Well, he's perfect and he did it. Therefore, it can't be a mistake. That's the only logic that works. But they're not perfect. Every team's not perfect. Are they going to be more right more often than the layperson? Probably. If they're a good organization, they will be. Carl Sagan said, one of the great commandments of science is to mistrust arguments from authority. Too many such arguments have proved too painfully wrong. Authorities must prove their contentions like anyone else. Carl Sagan, famous scientist. You can't just say, I'm the GM, I know best. And because they can't say that, you can't say that. They're the GM. Everything they do has to be perfect. Really? Everything? You're going to go with that? Because you need to go with that to make that work. To make that not a logical fallacy, you need to go with they're perfect. Everything they do is perfect. Therefore, by extension, they did this thing, it must be perfect. That's it. That's the only way to logically make it work. So don't let them get away with it. Accept that when you see that, that person doesn't have anything else to offer. I felt like that was a good topic to kind of touch base on before the offseason gets into full swing because I've been hit with it. You've been hit with it. Hopefully we don't find ourselves using it. That would be bad. But let's stay logically infallible out there. And until next time, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblers.